0: a transparent system by which people come together to share their costs, you know, is, is the way that things will be done in the future. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we're trying to get to that future and what the pool will be made up of at that time in the mm-hmm. future, who knows. But I think that once people experience this and they see what it means to now, look, incentivizing people to help each other is an evolutionary priority, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know that from, from CrossFit or otherwise. And, you know, again, as I said, earlier is that if you look at the solutions that have been most successful at getting people healthy and keeping people healthy, it's community-based solutions.
1: This is episode number 86 with James Maskell. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hey there, welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I get to have a repeat guest on the podcast who is someone that has been a true mover and shaker in encouraging a shift away from our conventional Western disease-centered medical system and toward a more health-centered functional medicine model. And that person's name is James Maskell. If you don't remember him back from episode number 26 of the podcast, I highly recommend you go back and check that episode out too. It was one of my favorites thus far. A little bit about James before we get started. He created the Functional Forum, which is the l- world's largest integrative medicine conference, as well as the Evolution of Medicine, which is a community e-commerce platform that provides resources to make it easier and more affordable for conventional doctors to embark on a new way of delivering health care. James is also the author of the book The Evolution of Medicine, join the movement to solve chronic disease and fall back in love with medicine, and he hosts the Evolution of Medicine podcast. James serves on the faculty of George Washington University's Metabolic Medicine Institute, and he's been featured on TED Med, HuffPost Live, TEDx, Huffington Post, Kevin MBD, the Doctor Blog, and Mind Body Green. In his second visit to the podcast here, I was excited to talk with James about some of his most recent endeavors, which include a health cooperative called New Health, as well as his upcoming New Vision tour, both of which are poised to fight chronic disease by using functional and integrative medicine and harnessing the power of community. It's very exciting stuff, guys. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Before we get started, a few quick reminders. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. Finally, please remember that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, here we go. Let's get started with episode number 86 of Pursuing Health featuring James Maskell. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm super excited to be joined again by James Maskell for his second time on the podcast. So thanks for coming back.
2: Yay. Second time. I'm
0: very, very <laughs> excited to be to be back because am I the first person to go twice?
1: Um, I think I've had, you might be the third so far. Okay. I've had a All few right. people, but very, very close. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But it's very exciting. And I think we last talked, it's been at least two years since we last talked on the podcast. So we have a lot to catch yeah. up on. Um, and you've been continuing to lead in, in the functional integrative medicine community and bring physicians together and, and lead the, the change in our healthcare system. So I'm excited to talk about all of it today.
0: Yeah, really excited to be here with you. It's, you know, it's it's great to be able to talk with someone who understands, you know, the functional medicine side of things, you know, but also obviously, you know, the sort of public health, fitness and that side of thing too. And yeah, it's been busy, you know, we, you know, once you get to a point where you have like a lot more functional medicine doctors coming through and you start to see the replicatable results and you see like the Cleveland Clinic and Parsley Health and all these kind of things happening. It just sort of inspires you to think, okay, what are we really capable of? And, um, you know, in the last year, I think I've, I've really got clear as to what I think is the best way for us to showcase what's happening in America for the the medical systems worldwide, right? Because chronic disease is not just an American problem. We may have invented a little bit of it by making like <laughs> Coke and, and McDonald's and whatever, but we've exported it very well. Yes, we have. And ultimately, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's probably the world's most as, uh, as you say, the world's most vexing problem. And, um, you know, I think we got some ideas that could uh, start to nibble away at it.
1: It's very exciting. And I think actually, the Book that you wrote, Evolution of Medicine, came out maybe just slightly after we had recorded our podcast, but that's, oh, there it is. Perfect. Um, that is a great read and something I've recommended to so many people, just as an intro to what is this and what, what can we, how can we use functional medicine to potentially change the way that we practice primary care or the way that our healthcare system is set up? I think it does a great job of laying out that vision. So, what was, can you just tell a little bit about what was the driver for writing the book and what you've seen it do so far over the last two years?
0: Yeah, look, the the goal was, you know, when we sat back, you know, probably six years ago, we were like, "What what is it going to take to really change healthcare, where to, to set up a system where people are getting healthy, mm-hmm. where the operating system is to create health and, you know, and, and to do that at scale. And the biggest thing we realized is there just weren't enough doctors Trained in these kind of, you know, lifestyle driven solutions, right? Medic, medicine that's designed around lifestyle disease. And we picked our functional medicine, you know, at that point, you know, we built this, this functional medicine community around the world. And so I wrote the book really to, you know, what I, what I saw happening a lot was that doctors, would come, you know, come into contact with concepts from integrative and functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And the order by which they came into those concepts determined whether or not they were into it or not. Right, if you okay. suddenly went for the homeopathy first up, yeah, it's off right. I'm not interested, I know what that is, and I'm not into it at all, mm-hmm. whereas if you talk about like let's 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 have an honest conversation about how we're dealing with lifestyle disease and let's really look at it, mm-hmm. you know you start to realize, okay, yeah, maybe the patient being engaged might get better results, and I well, you know how do you do that, and you know so then if you start from. You know, wanted to start from principles and sort of reason forward and have a conversation with the doctor to say, look, you know, we need to do things differently if we want to solve because lifestyle-driven chronic disease and acute disease is a very different animal. Very different. And so, you know, the purpose of this book and the movement that we had with the forum was, you know, was really to increase the number of doctors that were trained in this type of care. Now, you were lucky. You just you know ended up in the right place at the right time to be like you know get it as part of your training. Sure. But most doctors have to go back and relearn some things and learn new things. And so the goal of the evolution of medicine was to first of all lay out the argument in the right order so mm-hmm. that people would be like, okay, yeah, I see this is necessary. And then the second part of it was really you know how do you sort of overcome the fact that in order to practice functional medicine at this moment in time you really kind of have to start your own practice. There are more and more jobs emerging. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, like being a functional medicine doctor today, you have so many choices because the demand and supply is so off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, so that's th- the goal in the second half of the book was to make it easy for doctors to start the low overhead micro practice, basically.
1: Right. And I think you make a good point that it still is. I mean, it's it's great because now, and I hear it too from people who are, in my similar position, who are in medical school or thinking about medical school or in residency, who are learning about functional medicine so much earlier. And it still is something that you certainly have to seek out and you have to learn almost in parallel or after you're done with your training because the you know conventional system still is not necessarily teaching that. But just learning about it earlier, I think, can really change the way that you form, the way you think about disease, the way you think about your patients and how you help them throughout the whole rest of your career. 100%. Um, but can you explain too, I think you made a really good point about how right now the best way to be able to practice functional medicine is in a micro practice or almost off on your own. And this is something that I think I've been struggling with and I think maybe a lot of people in my similar position struggle with as you're coming out of of training. And it's very daunting because there's so many... Um, You're kind of going through this training and you're set up to think, okay, I just need to work for a big practice because I don't want to have to worry about the business of medicine. And now suddenly, um, the option is there to open your own practice and to have to think about all these other things that you weren't necessarily trained to do in medical
0: school. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, things are changing and that's exciting. So two years ago, you had to start your own practice. There was no jobs hiring functional medicine doctors, right? There was no big clinics. There was maybe a few micro clinics, Mm -hmm. but there's no big clinics with just like $200,000 a year jobs doing functional medicine for doctors. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't exist. You know, two years later now, you know, you can see the jobs board is getting bigger, right? Even hospital systems, they're like, hmm, what are they doing at the Cleveland Clinic? Those guys are normally smart. What are they up to with this? Like, those people are looking, and so hospital systems and medical education groups are looking for functional medicine physicians too. So the demand keeps, you know, keeps going up. yeah, what we, what we, what we still see is that, you know, we wanted to reduce the barriers to entry, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the, the interesting thing about functional medicine is that you don't need So much stuff to do it, right? It's really about the patient practitioner relationship. You're typically not dealing with like acute issues where you need a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we, we argue in the book that you could start really a practice off off a laptop, right? Mm -hmm. On the weekend after your shift in the hospital and like build up your confidence to be an entrepreneur with, you know, no overhead, Mm -hmm. right? No building, no staff, like those two costs. Are typically like the biggest costs for entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. and it's not necessary at the beginning. Like you can build up to that as you build it up, but ultimately, as an entrepreneur, you know, you want to try and build revenue before you build costs. And what we documented there was just with the rise of you know, online booking with the rise of email autoresponders, you know, even things like mobile phlebotomists and e-prescribing, you don't need so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, a great example in the book is Dr. Robin Burzin literally started Parsley Health on a laptop in a co-working space mm-hmm. three years ago and just last week raised $10 million, you know, as a as part of her round to mm-hmm. take functional medicine forward. So, That's the perfect example now as like the poster child of how this is done. Mm -hmm. The demand is there. You just have to build the structure, but you don't need as much stuff as you need. So we've seen in the last two years, so many doctors, you know, sharing with us that, wow, like I took your advice, you know, started with the smallest possible practice, built it up over time. Now I'm completely out of my old day job and I love my
2: life again.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's similar. I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but it's funny how it is, in a lot of ways, similar to the way CrossFit gyms were started years ago, where they were started out of someone's garage, they would get yep. 10 or 15 people together. Once they were big enough, they'd buy a small space. And it really came with a with very kind of grassroots, small overhead and grew as you as you went. And now, obviously, there's a lot bigger gyms and people are are growing a lot faster. But very similar concept where you don't have to necessarily go the conventional route of going through a globo gym or working as a trainer for a big corporation. But if you really are passionate about what you're doing, you're connecting with your customer or your patient or your client and giving them what they need, um, you can be very successful
0: hundred percent. You know, that's after one of the amazing things that came as a result of our first podcast was, you know, connecting to the CrossFit, you know, infrastructure mm-hmm. and they, you know, um, the chief strategy officer of CrossFit said he had never heard anyone advocate for what he called a small box revolution in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what my, my book was. So yeah, the parallels were totally
2: right.
1: So true. Now, one way I have to play devil's advocate a little bit because this is one thing that I've heard. And one thing that I still have a hard time Working yeah. through is right now. We already have a, hu- a shortage of primary care physicians, and we have right now in our conventional system they're seeing thousands of patients on their panel.
2: Yeah, um,
1: and so by going outside of that system and opening a micro practice and maybe initially taking, um, having patients pay out of pocket, um, it certainly will work to serve those patients who can afford it. But then. In the long term, we don't we don't have enough doctors to be able to serve all of the patients in those in that way with the micro practices and being able to give them more time and more attention. Um, obviously, over the long term, as we see our healthcare system shift and maybe we have more people going into primary care, we have different um, types of providers being able to to provide this service. Then we could see it change. But how do you see that shift happening over time, or how do you see um, see us being able to serve our population still with, with good medicine?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, you know, obviously it's not just, you know, this functional medicine thing, you see the whole direct primary care movement, right? right, Where primary care doctors come down to 400 patients per, you know, per, and then that, you know, we're expected to see 2000 and more,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, one of the things about why whole solving healthcare is so complex is just because of all of these you know moving parts mm-hmm. right, and so you know physicians in the u s have to like you know pay for their own schooling and come out with a lot of debt and therefore have different requirements of what they need to make you know compared to Europe where it's a totally different system so like I'm empathetic for everyone every stakeholder in the in the ecosystem because it's not easy. Mm-hmm here's my thought. Here's my wild solution to this pro-, pro issue. You know, what we've seen is that for most people, you know, for people who are chronically ill, polypharmacy, you know, um, you know, serious, you know, a, a chronic condition, you need a, dro- a doctor to drive that relationship forward, because they have to come in, they can, they're the only ones who can change the medication, you know, they have to be right in there. My feeling is, is that, If you have healthy people at the top, right, you can have your annual physical, Mm -hmm. but this middle band, which is what I call like the emerging risk, right? If you leave them to just go the way they are, they're going to end up in polypharmacy in level three. But at the moment they're at level two, you know, they may have like high inflammation, high hemoglobin A1C. They might be like, you know, look unhealthy. They might Mm -hmm. have one or two symptoms. They may be taking some over the counter meds. That group of people, what we, you know, so just to, you know, before, uh, I guess what I want to say is like those people, they need CrossFit, man. They need a health coach, (laughs) right? right? They They don't need need the doctor. Right. And that's, I think, where we're completely aligned. And ultimately what we need to set up is a structure whereby that tier goes back into that tier and not come down into that tier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And doctors, I don't think are the right people to be executing on that because they don't know anything about how to do that. They, you know, they, they, it's just not in the training. Right. And so what I'm interested in is taking emerging risk. The doctors go down here and putting them up so they don't need it. And ultimately what we've seen is like, you know that there's this there's all these other groups there's nurses there's health coaches like i'm interested to think about if we really want to save money and we really want to offer great care what does it look like when the first person that you interact with in the medical system is a non prescriber
2: mm-hmm
0: right, where they can't prescribe you anything, like a nurse, Mm -hmm. right, you know, medicine was created, this is the evolution of medicine, right, medicine was created in an era where it was an absolute priority to put the best diagnostician in the room with the patient as soon as possible, Mm -hmm. because it was based on acute disease, right, when you have chronic disease now, what does it look like, does that person, you know, if you can take away, if you can reduce the, like, the chance that, you know, the non-prescriber, misses something that could turn to acute which is very small and you could do that with just physician oversight of the providers Mm -hmm. if you can reduce that ultimately what you want at the front lines is almost like a pre-primary care layer Mm -hmm. that's really designed around getting people healthy and keeping people healthy and that could be a crossfit trainer it could be a nutritionist it could be a health coach it could be a nurse Mm -hmm. but ultimately i feel like that is the really elegant solution to the problem that you're making out is that like do we need so much doctor face time? Like, is that actually achieving the health, the robust health that we want in community? I don't think so. And even a community layer, right? You know, that's one of the things that's going to get onto what we hear is, you know, when you go around the world and you see the most effective solutions for reducing Doctor visits, reducing pharma spend, for reducing costs, for increasing health Mm -hmm. are all community initiatives, but they're not incentivized, right? What's more community than CrossFit? You go in there and you push yourself harder because you've got these people around you that are pushing you to, you know, to be your best self. That's a really powerful force, mm-hmm. but it's not in medicine and it's not incentivized in medicine. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that I think about um, when we talk about the, the crisis. And, and ultimately, I don't know you know, everything, but I also just know that any solution has to bring the doctors along. And that's why people are attracted to DPC, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a good life for them. It's better for their patients. It does lead to the imbalance. But ultimately, you know, I think we have to really face you know what what is what is truly necessary and elegant solutions for this problem, and those elegant solutions look a lot more like patient engagement patient behavior patient you know participation
1: mm-hmm. I love that I think that's a great vision, and I think that also it makes a lot of sense from the perspective of what's what's making the current system of primary care so burdensome for practitioners is dealing with a lot of the things that um you know, if you could just sit down with your patient who had complex medical problems and work with them, it would be different than having to deal with a lot of the other ancillary things or worrying about does everyone have all their screening tests done at every visit, um, things that could be done maybe in a more automated way or maybe um, through working with a health coach or with a nurse to make sure all those things are in place um, so that the doctor's time is utilized better with the patients who are in that third layer that you're, that you're referencing that polypharmacy layer. So I can see, and I think that that's already, you know, we're already trying to make that happen maybe in a conventional system. I mean, it's very slow, but trying to, you know, we talk about using more nurse practitioners, more PAs in primary care to try to help, um, kind of share the patient load, Um, but I see, I think that we're still, like you say, missing this whole layer of just focusing on promoting health, getting people to preventing people from going into that third category, because like you said, the, the doctor's not the right person to do that. Certainly as far as learning, you know, we don't have that training in medical school, but also we don't have the time. If you're only seeing someone once a year for an annual physical, you're really not going to be able to make an impact in someone's lifestyle choices on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. So it's really a great point.
0: Yeah. Totally, totally agreed. And and I hope, you know, I, I think that, you know, we we have to get everyone in the right seats on the bus ultimately. And there's a lot of people that are wanting to facilitate this and support this, mm-hmm. but that the the infrastructure and the sort of system doesn't allow it.
1: Right. Very true. Well, that brings us to I want to talk about two exciting things that you have going on that have Been new here in the last few months. Interesting, new. (laughs) So your new tour and your new healthcare cooperative. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about how. Let's start start talking about the cooperative first. How the idea for that even came up and what it is.
0: Yeah, let's let's. I guess let's go back one stage. So you know we've got now these micro practices across the country, Mm -hmm. and what I start to realize is like it's great, but it's not going to really solve. You know, it's great to see more functional medicine doctors going through, but like, let's look at how the majority of people interact with the healthcare system.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: either through employers or through individual insurance. And that's sort of the way that things do. So what we did last year with the new project, we wanted to, you know, really start to think about what we would do if we could just start from scratch, right? Right. Now, what does this look like? Let's just build the thing that works, that makes everything, you know, that shows the way, Mm -hmm. right? How can we do that? So last year we started to do an experiment. You know, we took people who were in tier two, Mm -hmm. right? We said people come in and we think that we can get people back into tier one with a functional medicine trained physician supervised health coach Mm -hmm. and completely virtually. Mm And it worked, right? You know, we see the hemoglobin A1C going down. We see the inflammation going down. People letting, you know, stopping meds, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of cool things happening. That was our first thing. Okay. So then we realized, okay, now we have, because what we were thinking about is how do you deliver functional medicine to a much larger population, mm-hmm. right? Like an employer mm-hmm. in an employer pool most people aren't unhealthy right the people who have ended up in functional medicine doctors offices are like the wreckage of the medical system right mm-hmm. primary care secondary care specialists subspecialist another subspecialist mm-hmm. another subspecialist <laughs> in different form and Sometimes. then it's like oh we don't know what's wrong with you yeah. then you go to functional medicine and we were like you know that's that's just like one small part of the population right the biggest thing is you know is everyone else in the population so that was kind of like our test So then last year, you know, we signed um, a deal with a a company called um, Benicomp. They have a product for employers called Incenticare. And essentially what we're doing is delivering care through that program to employees of employers with a goal of, Reducing the cost of care by getting people off drugs and getting people better. Yeah. So, you know, we created that. And now, so if you Google incentive care, mm-hmm. you can find all about it. But ultimately, you know, it's, 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 it's an insurance product that's built for this kind of structure, right? You know, incentivizing people to get better. Um, so that was, that was, that was the first thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I started to think about, you know, the biggest issue that we have with most people is just that the insurance, you know, insurance makes these kind of interventions seem expensive because it's kind of an illusion of expense that's Mm -hmm. created by the fact that you have to pay for it yourself, Mm -hmm. right? It's outside of the system. So I was like, you know, where is an opportunity where we could start to, you know, actually just build a new system that showed the way. And so, you know, one of the things that you, if you've been following what I've been doing for a long time, and if you read the book, Mm -hmm. you'll see that there's a piece in there where I talk about these very, very strange, very, very uniquely American things called Christian health cost-sharing ministries. Mm -hmm. And they have a very specific and interesting part in American culture because, you know, in 2010, 160,000 Americans used it. Today it's a million, right? So that number went up seven times in eight years. Why did that happen? Because five of these Christian ministries got an exemption to the health uh, to the ACA. Okay. right as if you're a member of them you didn't have to have health insurance you could avoid the tax penalty and you could sort of you know save a lot of money on your health insurance because it's way cheaper and there's w- many reasons why it's it's way cheaper but that's you know that's that's just something that I found out about it. in 2013 I had a child I didn't have health insurance at that point I decided like I pr- I probably should get some <laughs> it's probably a good here. time <laughs> it's, it's a good time to do it and I found this thing and I signed up and it's been great and at this moment I say a thousand dollars a month over you know over what i would pay with health insurance and you know that concept in, in 2015 we created a product on the chassis of that which was called Liberty Direct, so Liberty Health Share is one of the five we made this product that sat on top of it where they agreed to pay the direct primary care fee of a physician, so that was cool and you know and it worked, and it worked so well actually that they ended our program because we got so many people signed up, and that was at the end of two thousand sixteen okay. and so the beginning of two thousand and seventeen, I started thinking you know i I always had it in the back of my head, and then um you know i I went to a conference. I got a bit bored with functional medicine conferences because I, I'm not a clinician, and I, you know I, I like going, but you know I wanted to like broaden my horizons. Right. So I went to a blockchain conference, and on that conference, like blockchain is the technology that you know underpins Bitcoin, and, and you know, that's probably why most people have heard of it. But it actually has some really, really interesting functionality. And what I learned on that day is just really that it's the technology of community, it's the technology of transparency and mm-hmm. trust. And when I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, what is something that exists in the real world today that's good? Mm-hmm. But if it was put on the blockchain, would just be a world changing concept. Mm-hmm. That's where I had the idea of taking the health cost sharing ministry and making, you know, making and putting it on the blockchain and creating something that has some significant advantages over insurance. First and foremost, that the incentive structure is, 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 is dealt with like incentives in health insurance are insane, right? You have the, the insurance company is not incentivized to pay the bill, you know, to pay the claims. You have people that are incentivized to fraud the system because they're not getting anything for their money. And that's why you see so much waste, so much fraud, so much, you know, so many issues with it. And then also, you know, how many stories do you have to read of like a pharma company that sort of retroactively created a new kind of test just so like they'd end up sending way more osteopenia drugs. It's everywhere, right? right? It's the whole system is built around that. Can I get it covered by insurance? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's so many perverse incentives. So I thought like, okay, let's do it. So last year I started looking into it and I realized, damn it, we can't do it because, we don't have an exemption to the ACA mandate only five were there and the Christian ones had them and it was sort of like a unique time frame where they just put their hand in at the right time okay and so I was just following along with it and then on January 2nd, the tax bill came out and the tax penalty went to zero The mandate didn't die but it kind of died because now there's no more tax penalty for not having insurance
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so I just thought to myself look here we have. A three year window with this like convergence. On one hand, you've got, you know, an opportunity where people can opt out of health insurance and pay no tax penalty, right? That's the first time in six years Mm -hmm. and, you know, can just do something different with their sharing. On the other end, you've got like this network of functional medicine doctors around the country. You have more health coaches than ever. You have, you know, people who are getting into their health through CrossFit, through yoga, through whatever. Like, there's just this moment in history where I felt like if we could gather together together all of the people that have historically been proactive about their health Mm -hmm. every crossfitter Mm -hmm. every yogi every person who like you know has voluntarily gone to see like a functional medicine doctor or you know Mm -hmm. uh, a health coach because they want to improve their health you know um people who go to personal trainers, personal trainers themselves, Mm -hmm. right? All of those kind of people. If we could just get 10,000 of them together into a cooperative, Mm -hmm. this technology essentially just coordinates the sharing of a group. And you actually, after 10,000 people, you don't need insurance, right? The resilience of the pool is what covers an incidental incident, like you get hit by a car or whatever. And so it's, imagine it's like this, there's 10,000 people in the pool. Mm -hmm. I get hit by a car. The whole cost is a 100 grand. I pay cash. So I pay 30 grand and I put it into the pool and everyone pays $3, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's happy to pay $3 for my insurance. That's pretty much the, the practicalities of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the awesome news is that we can now control the order of care. Right. So everyone has a health coach on their phone. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have any question, your your coach is the person that's keeping up to you after your annual physical with a functional medicine doctor to be able to help you execute on your goals. Mm -hmm. Right. Not my goals, but your goals. What are your health goals? How can I execute? So we can put in these two primary care layers in here. And the biggest thing is it's going to be totally transparent. So in the, in the Christian ministries are amazing. I mean, you know, I've used it for four years, but it's, you don't really know what's going on under the hood, right? They could all be secretly billionaires and you wouldn't know. <laughs> in our system, it's totally transparent. So the funding account where everyone puts their money in every month mm-hmm. is everyone will know everyone at least monthly at the beginning, but eventually in real time, how much money is in the pool. And the blockchain basically creates a completely open ledger where you can see all the charges that are being made into the pool. And, you know, and ultimately it just creates trust amongst the community because it's so transparent and everyone can see it. And ultimately what I see and the reason why I just felt compelled to just try and do this. And I don't know, you know, uh, you know, I just, I feel compelled to go out and do this is that the world is crying out for an example of how to deal with chronic disease properly. And I think that, yes, the right kind of care that's chronic disease appropriate. And when I say care, I mean including CrossFit in this Mm -hmm. side of it, honestly, because that is a part of that solution. But incentives really matter. Mm -hmm. And in every other industry, we know that incentives matter. But in healthcare, we just seem to don't understand that we have to be incentivized to get healthy and we have to be incentivized to help each other. Mm -hmm. And by by setting up a structure where people in the community are incentivized to First of all, be a good, you know, a good, um, you know, a good user of the dollars in the pool. So mm-hmm. like, you know, when you go to the link, you'll see I created my second book, mm-hmm. which is more of an ebook, you know, it's a bit bigger here, but it's mm-hmm. called 10 ways to save money in healthcare. And I created that because ultimately most people aren't aware. Now we all have high deductibles, aren't aware of how to save money, how to save money on labs, all that kind of stuff. And if we're all going to be in a co-op together, I want everyone else in the co-op to understand this so that friends don't let friends pay retail for medicine.
2: Mm -hmm. So there you go. So that's the (laughs) co-op.
1: Wow. It's, it's very interesting. And what, as far as the, um, the community and the trust, what prevents, what prevents someone from abusing that system and spending money on things that aren't maybe necessary or that are, over the top because they think, oh, no, one we'll notice if they're all sharing the cost for it.
0: Great question. So, yeah, so there's a couple of things. So for everything that's not acute,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're, we're, we're modeling the Christian ministries almost exactly at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, over time, the rules of the cooperative will be decided by the founding members and, you know, can change over time. Okay. But the answer is twofold. One, for everything that's non-acute, so any medical expense that's not like, I've been hit by a car, help me out, mm-hmm. right, is you pay for it first and you get reimbursed. Okay. So that you know, puts in the first thing, so you're actually making the first payment. Okay. Now, if you submit a claim
2: mm-hmm. that
0: is in alignment with the pool, so let's say, for example, you know, you get an annual physical up to four hundred dollars with every any physician you want. Mm-hmm. So now you decide you want to have your annual physical with your husband because he's an MD, he's licensed, whatever. So you go to him, he does the physical, he gives you a bill for three hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and in the system, as it'll end up with, you would just take a picture of it, submit the claim through the system Mm -hmm. the system sees that you haven't submitted a claim for a physical in over a year Mm -hmm. and ultimately that that claim is automatically accepted and automatically reimbursed right if you make a claim that's not in the overall system like any other claim that's not like agreed by the pool ahead of time then it goes into the system. And ultimately, you know, there's a series of rules by which people, you know, those claims are either paid or not paid. One of them is there's an unshared amount, which is a very similar concept to a deductible, but it's okay. not insurance, right? So, but it's that, so you have a certain amount that you have to like bid up to until, you know, the, the, the pool takes over. Mm-hmm. So they'll be subject to those rules. But to answer, you know, the biggest thing of why you know, why fraud is not going to be, you know, going to happen in this mm-hmm. is because of the open ledger. Mm-hmm. Like if I know if, if one of the rules of the pool became, let's say any claim under $50 is automatically paid,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, if I look at the whole system and I see that, oh yeah, this guy over there is making a $46 claim every day. And mm-hmm. it's not just on the pool operators to be able to see that this person's doing the thing. It's like anyone in the pool can see, hey, what what's going on over what's here? Yeah. And there's a fixed fee, it's 10% of the the claims, the money that you pay in Mm -hmm. goes towards claims adjusters, you know, having a lawyer on your side who, you know, who can negotiate the costs if you go into any sort of acute issue, you know, someone who can help you find a way cheaper MRI, you need an MRI, it's $400 cash over here, it's $1,500 over here, okay, we're going to go over there, we just saved the pool $1,100. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is provide for a straight flat 10%. And then 90% of the money goes towards paying claims. And in insurance, that could be anywhere from forty-five to sixty-five percent, depending on what's going on. So it's way more efficient. Mm-hmm. And ultimately there's also a mechanism in there where if your claim wasn't paid and you wanna like um you know, uh, you wanna sort of appeal, there's a structure where you can appeal to your peers and say, Hey, I know this wasn't covered in the pool, but it should be and here's why. And there's a fail safe system in there too.
1: Okay. Wow. It sounds like a completely, obviously a much better, much better system and completely the opposite of what we have now in terms of transparency and, um, really fairness. So very interesting how, and so right now it sounds like you're in the process of trying to gather these 10,000 people in order for it to make it work. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our biggest thing is like we're working with people who have influence, like yourself, who have influence over a community of people who we want in the pool. Like every CrossFitter is welcome. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get type 2 diabetes anytime soon, you know, from, from that. So, you know, you're in. Um, but you know, one of the things that we're, we're working out, I've just been speaking at the, um, big, uh, biohackers conference. Um, I've had a chance to speak, at, you know, I'm, I'm, we, we're working in some things with health coaches, mm-hmm. right? Health coaches typically, you know, healthier than the average, take good care of themselves, young and healthy. And they're going to be the people who are going to be helping people in year two and year three. So we're, we looking to fill the pool with, healthy, young people who want to be part of the movement, mm-hmm. who in some cases will want to join the like coaching team and take a job in year two, th- two and three coaching the next iteration of people who come in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, my business partner had cancer when he was 16, right? He's never been allowed into any Christian ministry because of his pre-existing condition. Mm -hmm. Our vision is to create something where we can, the pool becomes so resilient that we can accept, you know, all different types of risk into the pool Mm -hmm. and use our practitioner network to reduce the risk of, you know, long-term costs by getting people healthy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with any entrepreneurial endeavor, like you have to have, Tesla Roadster before you have Tesla 3. You have right. to have Uber Black before you have to have Uber Pool. So we're going to start with the community that is inspired by this, who want to save money on their healthcare. Mm-hmm. Maybe people who are overinsured in the current system, mm-hmm. right? With healthy people who take care of themselves are overinsured. Right. Start with them and then, you know, grow towards having a much bigger pool. And each extra person that comes into the pool adds to the resilience of the pool. And resilience is a word that if you're into functional medicine, you understand the importance Mm
1: itself. And do you imagine or do you ever worry about if we start with all these young healthy people now that like 30, 40 years from now as these people are aging, you know, even though they're probably still gonna be healthy, they may have more needs. Um, Would you imagine like rebalancing these pools so that you have a better distribution of age and risk and all those things once you have a larger...
0: Um, population. My prediction is that in 30 years, this will just be the way that it's done mm-hmm. everywhere, right? And everyone will be in these pools. Like we've been having conversations with um, people in like in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Egypt has 85% uninsured right now. Yeah. 15% of people have commercial health insurance. There's no safety net, wow. right? So, but they also all have cell phones. So, you know, there's interest in putting You know, the 70 million Egyptians who are uninsured into a cost sharing pool. Mm -hmm. And in that pool, there's no health coach. You know, there's no that. It's just, you know, if you get hit by a car, we got you. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you will divide the cost of being hit by a car by 70 million, it's like a tiny (laughs) amount. (laughs) And now everyone's covered right Mm -hmm. insured they're not really but it's just like the community is taking responsibility so i think that's cool like i think that's you know kind of where things are headed Mm -hmm. so my feeling is just that a transparent system by which people come together to share their costs you know is is the way that things will be done in the future Mm -hmm. and ultimately we're trying to get to that future and what the pool will be made up of at that time in Mm -hmm. the future who knows but I think that once people experience this and they see what it means to now, look, incentivizing people to help each other is an evolutionary priority, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know that from, from CrossFit or otherwise. And, you know, again, as I said earlier is that if you look at the solutions that have been most successful at getting people healthy and keeping people healthy, it's community based solutions. But, you know, if you, if you do those efforts, Why does the benefit only accrue to Aetna or Blue Cross into the insurers rather than to the people who are actually doing the work, right? If I make anti-inflammatory meals in my house and take it to the three type two diabetics in my, in my, you know, in my road because Mm -hmm. I care about them and they get to come off their metformin because of my efforts, Mm -hmm. should I not, you know, I should be incentivized for that. I should be incentivized to go and help people out in many ways. And that's what we think the future will look like. That's.
1: A very beautiful vision. One thing I just thought of as you were talking was, are there certain rules where that prevent people from going off and completely changing their lifestyle? Like once you're in this cooperative, if you say, Hey, I'm just going to stop working out and I'm going to eat, drink soda every day. Do you lose your, you know, do you lose your ability to be part of this group? If you start making poor health, health or lifestyle choices
0: that's a good question like i don't expect us to kick people out of the co-op unless Mm -hmm. they're cheating the system by making like the crazy claims that we talked about earlier i think Mm -hmm. that would be it I would say, you know, what what the Christian one did that I really liked is that they had an extra that you had to pay. You know, so one of the things that you'll learn if you read this book is that you can get lab tests for five cents on the dollar if you go directly to the labs. Mm -hmm. Right. And so lab testing at this moment through your insurance thing is expensive Mm -hmm. because it's a scam. Everyone's taking their percentage. If you go direct to the labs and you get that pricing, you know, checking your hemoglobin A1C, let's see how much that is if you go through that. Like typically, okay, hemoglobin A1C, if you go to the hospital, $104.33 is what you'd be billed. Your insurance would be billed. If you go through new Health seven dollars and fifty cents wow right so checking someone's hemoglobin a1c you know four times a year or something like that is not out of the realms not a big cost to the pool mm-hmm. and basically if your number went up to like seven and a half you'd have to pay now an extra amount because that so inside okay. this and this is where the blockchain tech gets really good yeah is that you know you have a health score and your health score as you stay healthy you know on those markers then you know your you know the, the the overall percentage of the cost of the pool you pay goes down got slightly. It.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So it is really also beyond just incentivizing you to help your community; it's incentivizing you to have a better health score so that your costs are are lower. Totally got it. Got it. Okay. So I know that you are getting ready to start traveling the country and spread this. Um, basically excitement for functional medicine and for this revolution. So can you tell us a little bit about the new tour?
0: Yeah. So, you know, you know, we've been doing the functional forum for, for four years, mm-hmm. you know, we got 500 meetup groups of doctors and they always say like, we've got a group in Austin. Can you come? We've got a group in Charlotte in Richmond, like whatever, can you come? And I'm like, I'd love to, but you know, I've got a family, I've got a four year old, I live in California. Most of the country is far away. You know, and so and I just don't like traveling that much because I've obviously got a lot on too. Yeah. yeah. And so we only do 12 forums a year. So I was like, is there a way that we could just do it all in one go? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've got an RV. We're (laughs) going to put new health on the side of it. My wife, my daughter, my dog, we're all going to jump in. And we're going to do a four-month tour. We're going to do 20 big events around the world, around the country, including one in Cleveland, mm-hmm. New York. Obviously, you know, we're doing the first half of the summer is like uh, the first half of the summer is on the west side. The second half's on the east side finishing on So it goes through all the different places. We're doing, we're going, we're stopping at some big conferences like Exponential Medicine. We'll be stopping, um, at like the IFM conferences. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a few cool places that we're coming. We'll be coming by the Cleveland Clinic. We'll be making content everywhere. We'll be collecting stories, heroic stories and horrific stories Mm -hmm. from across healthcare. Um, We just want to just, you know, get out on the road and speak to people and find out, you know, what what are people hurting and what's, you know, what can we do to help? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And the whole tour finishes on our sort of finale party, which is going to be November 1st in L.A. And The reason why that date is so important is that's the beginning of open enrollment. So that's the moment where most Americans are like, oh, can I change my health insurance? I just got Mm -hmm. a letter saying my health insurance is going up 50%. Mm -hmm. I'm out. What other options do I have? That's the moment. So, you know, ultimately, what we're looking for is to build momentum across the country throughout the year. Make a ton of content. You know, see what venues we can find to speak to a lot of people. I'm probably just going to get a loud halo. And stand <laughs> on top of the bus. But ultimately, you know, that's that's the vision. So it's a uh, 20 city tour. We're going to stop at more than 50 cities, but we're doing 20 big events. Okay. And um, yeah, we, you know, Julie. We'll be a speaker at our Cleveland event. Um, we're just like naming down the date on that, but that's going to be in, uh, September, October. And yeah, we're going to feature the practitioner network. We're going to feature leaders in health. And, um, you know, we're, we're really here to share a new vision for healthcare, which is the right care. And the right incentives designed for chronic disease. And, um, you know, we're just, uh, I'm excited to to do something that's uh, fun and exciting. And with my family, something my daughter will never forget. And just to be able to connect with so many, like, supporters, fans, so many people write to us. And just like, mm-hmm. we love the book, we love the community, whatever. And I just haven't been able to go to all these cities. And now we're going to do it.
1: It's amazing. It's going to be an amazing trip. And how cool as a four-year-old to be able to see the whole country in one summer. That's pretty cool.
0: I hope she remembers it. (laughs) So yeah, we're going to do like Oregon coast and the grand Canyon and that kind of stuff. And then also we're going to be making our way through the Midwest when it's, you know, the best time of the year in September. So uh, I think we've got a cheese festival booked in, not very paid (laughs) yet, but, um, you know, we're going to be there. So we've got a, we've got a bunch of fun places along the way. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to have a chance to do some cool stuff. So in New York, we're doing the event at the New York Town Hall, like the day before my birthday, which is super cool. I went to an event there when I was like, in 2006 and loved it. Just mm-hmm. sort of such a cool place. And so, yeah, we're going to, you know, it's sort of the way I describe it is like going for the jugular. It's like we've got this moment <laughs> in history where yeah. we could do something. Look, here's the thing, Julie, creating your own random co-op on the blockchain
2: mm-hmm.
0: can never happen in England. No. Can never happen in anywhere with socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't happen. There's just this weird moment in history right now where it could happen in America. Mm -hmm. And we, like CrossFitters, functional medicine people, health coaches could form an alliance Mm -hmm. and show the rest of the world how chronic disease management is done.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait until the Cleveland stop. I'm really excited to um, help spreading the word. And I think what you're doing is very exciting. So Thank you again for spending so much time with me today, and um, we'll have okay. to do it again. Maybe you'll be the first person to be the third time. <laughs> third yeah, well, time I've podcasters. got one
0: more. I'm willing to come and embarrass myself by working out with you and Dan in Cleveland <gasps> no at your way. favorite CrossFit. I'll come for a workout. Let's do it. As long as it's too many like um, toe, toe crunches or whatever. <laughs> <willing> <laughs> but <laughs> no <your> <laughs> I will be going to CrossFit's along the way. Like I love CrossFit. Did mm-hmm. it then and on the bus. You know, we're trying to meet people, so I'm gonna be doing some workouts, but I'll come and work out with you and we can shoot some video and that's awesome. Male vulnerabilities, the new crack. So like I'm I'm
1: (laughs) all over it. All over it. So how can people find out about the tour? Or if they're, you know, a gym owner and they want you to come stop at their gym, how can they get in contact with you?
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So if you go to yeah, there's many ways you can do it. But like, yeah, the, the number one thing we're looking for people to do is we're doing basically a Kickstarter. So you can give us, if you go to newhealthnow.com or you go to the link that you have, ultimately, you know, you can get this book for free. So this is like the opt-in gift. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for $99 or 119 $119, you can get a free ticket to the tour two free tickets to the tour you're also like a founding member so you'll be one of the people making the decisions about what we pay for and what we don't in the share okay um so that's the first thing and then yeah if you want to if you want to get in touch with us if you go to um you know the best place to go probably is you know, go to newhealth.com slash tour mm-hmm. and on there you'll see the event brights for all the events we're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just send us a message if you want to get in touch and say, Hey, you know, what day are you going to be in blank and come and work out at our place? I'd love to. We'll bring our cameras mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'd love to, you know, talk to people who are creating health across America.
1: That's awesome. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome summer. Thanks again for chatting, James.
0: Great to be with you, Julie. Thank you.
1: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. James is certainly on fire with his pursuit to change the American healthcare model and use it to set an example for the world of effective chronic disease care. If you're interested in learning more about his projects, including the new health tour, which may be coming to your city very soon, as well as the, the new health collective, make sure that you check out the link in the show notes for this episode on my website, juliefouche.com forward slash podcast, or in my email newsletter this week. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website juliefouchet.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouchet.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are you looking for a structured routine to help you relax, downregulate, and recover on a regular basis? Well, then Mobility Wad may be just what you're looking for. Mobility Wad is the world's most comprehensive collection of guided movement, mechanics, and mobility instructional videos designed to improve athletic performance, increase mobility and flexibility, prevent injury, resolve pain, and optimize recovery. Each routine is guided by renowned physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach, and New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Kelly Surrett. I first took Kelly's movement and mobility course in 2013, and since then I've read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. Sometimes though, having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also two daily 8-15 to minute guided routines called Perform and Recover. The perform routines are designed to be done in the gym, either before or after your workout. And these focus on position, mechanics, mobility, and motor control techniques to help you optimize your athletic performance and prevent injury. This practice requires tools you would generally find in the gym, like jump stretch bands, lacrosse balls, barbells, and kettlebells. Now the recover routines are some of my favorites, and these are designed to be accomplished at home. They focus on mobility and soft tissue work, down-regulating the nervous system, resolving pain, and general relaxation. This practice only requires a foam roller, a lacrosse ball, and a mat, or your carpet, things that you would find at home. I often do these sessions as a way to wind down from a long day and help myself relax. Mobility Wad is used by the world's top athletes in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, UFC, Premier Soccer League, pro-rugby, weightlifting, running, CrossFit, obstacle course racing, and all branches of the military. It's also the go-to mobility programming for coaches, physical therapists, and recreational athletes who want to learn proven strategies to optimize athletic performance, prevent injury, and enhance recovery. Now you can join the thousands of other individuals who incorporate Mobility wad into their daily workout routine. It's easy to become part of the MWOD community, but because you're a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code JulieFouchet. Just visit MobilityWad.com to learn more. Once again, that's MobilityWad.com, M O B I L I T Y W O D.com, and you can use code JULIEFOUCHE for 20% off your annual membership. This episode is brought to you by Siete Foods. You know when you meet a group of people who are just so genuine that you can't help but treat them like old friends or family? Well, that's basically how I felt when I met the Garza family, the founders of Siete Foods. Siete is a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips. My husband Danny and his family first met the Garzas at Paleo FX several years ago, and they had an instant connection and have kept in touch ever since. Maybe it's their powerful origin story that makes them so relatable. Veronica Garza was facing a series of major health challenges as a teenager, and her entire family of seven jumped on board to help without hesitation. Together, they adopted a low-inflammation, grain-free diet. As a Mexican-American family living in South Texas, they couldn't imagine living without tortillas, and it wasn't long before Veronica came up with a delicious solution and Siete Foods was born. I've been enjoying their delicious grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips for years, and finally had the chance to meet the Garzas in person. When I did, they immediately made me feel like a member of the family. Their passion for making the world a healthier place is absolutely contagious, and their generosity spreads to everyone they touch. I'm so excited to have Siete Foods as a sponsor of this episode, and if you're not already a fan of their products, I promise that you will be as soon as you give them a try. They've provided an exclusive discount code for pursuing health listeners. Just use code JULIE when you check out on SieteFoods.com to take advantage of their offer. Again, their website is SieteFoods.com, S-I-E-T-E-F-O-O-D-S.com, and you can use code JULIE for 10% off your order.